Welcome to Chetting Kea On Air, a series of discussions about topical legal issues hosted by Chetting Kea. We're a full-service law firm based in Istanbul, serving local and international clients. With decades of experience, we provide bespoke legal and compliance advice to law firms, businesses, individuals, entrepreneurs and families. Hello, I'm here today with Berju Seven in the fourth compliance Chetting Kea On Air podcast to talk about contract clauses that mitigate third-party risk. How are you today, Berju? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Very good. Now, Berju, you, you, um, you work uh, as a, an associate at Chetting Kea and, um, and you work across different sort of practice areas where it all kind of relates to, to, to each other. So, so I know you're involved in compliance. What are the other departments that you're involved in? Yes, exactly. I work in mainly on compliance, data protection and um, competition compliance. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so I suppose to start us off, Berju, can you tell us a little bit about what an organisation should be thinking about before working with a new company or third party that they've not worked with before? Yes, sure. Well, Kevin, all companies, regardless of whether they are big holding companies or startups, they'll want to identify their risks and make their own risk assessments. They want to rank their risks calculate their pros and cons in accordance with the nature and scope of the transaction to be conducted with the third party in case. This process in practice is the due diligence process. Well, it is expected from a properly conducted due diligence report to represent us a clear picture of the situation to help us to rank our risks. However, where we actually benefit from this due diligence report is the contracting process. This due diligence process may require so much time, effort and cost. Therefore, it is vital to benefit from this report to the fullest extent, which we fairly have this opportunity in contracting process. Okay, great. Thanks, Berju. And can you explain to us uh, a little bit about the contracting process? Yes, sure. The contracting process is where you should be mitigating and managing your risks by the guidance of your due diligence report. Your agreement should be structured in accordance with the scope and nature of the third-party relationship. We all know the immortal provisions of all agreements. I would like to mention some of them here. The provisions regarding parties' rights and responsibilities, service levels, insurance, non-disclosure and privacy, intellectual property and personal data protection, governing law and jurisdiction, commitment to compliance and limit of liabilities, and so on. Well, all these provisions mentioned here, and many of others, must be designed tailor-made in the context of the third-party relationship in case in accordance with the character of the transaction or file of your company's operations and in a manner responding to your third-party risks. Even though such specific transaction-based terms and the comprehensiveness of a contract will be designed to reflect the unique dynamics of each relationship, there are still some essential clauses that you should have regardless. Okay, and, and can you take us through those please, Bertie? Yes, sure. Well, I would like to give a start with assignment and subcontracting. We all know this term and I bet many of us use this clause as a template one. But just imagine, when your company has been through of an exhaustive and expensive due diligence process in order to analyze third-party risks to get to the contracting process. In this step, one fatal mistake to make in the contract is giving prior consent to a third party to assign its responsibilities and liabilities to a total stranger who your company may never heard before. 
You may think that you already have strong indemnity and penal clauses for service failures and defaults. However, such provisions may not be adequately dissuasive to prevent the designation of a fourth party who may expose your company to various damages that may not be possible to remedy with monetary compensations, such as loss of reputation and administrative sanctions. Therefore, you should ensure that a clause prohibits any kind of assignment or subcontracting of a third party's rights, responsibilities and liabilities, completely or partially, without your company's prior written consent. Excellent. And, um, and would I be right in thinking that the, the next one's related to reporting? Yeah, sure. Um, actually, uh, periodic reporting and the right to audit, yes. Your contract should certainly provide a clause regarding a third party's responsibility to file periodic and on-demand reports. This term should also include how often and to what extent these reports are to be prepared. Periodic reports must represent a third party's service levels and its compliance with undertaken service standards. In the other side, the reports must also include the third party's financial statements and information regarding extant and initiated prosecutions and lawsuits and administrative fines imposed against the third party in case. Any major changes in its business organization, such as a murder or an accusation, change of control if any, must also be notified with these reports. And on-demand reports should be prepared upon your company's request within a limited period of time. They should include in-depth information on a specific matter that may pose risk to your company or may affect the future of your third-party relationship. In either case, you should periodically validate your risk ranking and apply your risk management plan by considering any recently identified risk zones. Okay. And, uh, and who will repair, uh, prepare these reports, Perju? Well, we strongly recommend these reports to be prepared by authorized and independent audit firms. But still, audit firms may not be familiar enough with your company's red flags and may focus disproportionately on unnecessary examinations. No other firm is as familiar with your own company as you are. This is why you should, um, you should ensure that there is a separate clause giving your company the right to audit the third party. Your risk management program requires an ongoing monitoring and assessment of third-party relationships. And the right to audit clause is definitely a key provision. It is always worth to note that you cannot control the risks that you don't know about. Okay, that's great. And, uh, and what about termination? Well, termination clauses are essential to provide your company with an emergency exit when your potential risks get out of your direct control or when your risk-reward balance becomes reversed and when, and when a relationship is no longer in your company's best interest. A termination clause should clearly state the circumstances that you give the right to terminate the contract immediately or within a reasonable time after an advance notice without any liability for compensation. Sometimes waiting until the end of the contract term may be too late. There may be also some circumstances which trigger a termination such as defaults, failure to meet contractual standards, violation of contractual obligations or non-compliance. Or maybe there, there may be other reasons associated with third parties, such as a change of control, bankruptcy, insolvency, or maybe a final court order sentencing a third party stakeholder with egregious crimes, which causes loss of reputation of the relevant third party in case. 
the termination clause or the relevant material provisions should clearly define what a default is, what a failure is, and what actions are deemed as breach of a contract, and how the termination right is to be used in these cases. Excellent. And, uh, and what about automatic renewal of contracts? Well, we can understand the need of an extension of a contract, but automatic renewal clauses should be avoided or should be designed carefully. The economy, politics, technology, regulations change so fast, just, uh, just like as do the businesses, financial conditions and economic value their places in the market. At the end of a contract period, your due diligence report may no longer reflect a third party's current situation or it may be insufficient to represent your risks transparently. This is why your renewal clause should be designed to provide your company with the right to update due diligence which allows your company to identify and assess new risks before renewing the contract upon your request. Okay, thanks. And what else is important for an organization to consider? Well, indemnification and penal clauses must be considered, always. Indemnification clauses provide you with the right to hold a third party responsible for all the damages, losses and claims that arise directly or indirectly from its negligence or failure to fulfill its contractual obligations, or in case of non-compliance. An indemnification clause should especially provide the third party's liability for all the administrative and regulatory fines, sanctions, lawsuits and investigations that may arise. Well, when it comes to penal clauses, they provide you with the right to claim a stated penalty fine as a result of a specific third party behavior. Thus, a penal clause can be enforced at any time regardless of whether any damages or losses have arisen since it arises directly from the breach of a particular provision of a contract. Specifying an extortionate penal clause and implementing it universally for all kinds of breaches may be quite unfair and disproportionate. In this stage, your risk-based plan will lead you to focus on and provide adequate protections for the right provisions. The amount of a penal clause should dissuade a third party from any such breaching activity, these provisions should be sufficient to prevent an improper third-party approach, which may be like breach and pay. Okay. Uh, and what about compliance? Well, yes. Another vital clause is compliance. A compliance clause is exactly where you can represent your co commitments to business ethics and your compliance program. This clause shows how your company considers compliance in its every new business operation and your company's expectations from its business partners to do the same, which is their unconditional compliance. You must inform a third party about your company's business ethics and compliance program, your procedures and principles, and codes of conduct. Written warnings are not sufficient. You should clearly inform your new partner verbally too, and its managers and its staff, actually the persons who will perform this contract. The nature of third-party relationship may even require your company to give training courses to the third party's employees, especially when there is an agency agreement or a subcontract appointment in case where your company may be directly responsible for the activities of this third party. To sum up, your compliance clause should ensure a third party's commitment to comply with all binding local laws and regulations, as well as regulations of jurisdictions that your company is in any way related to. This clause becomes more of an issue when your company's operations are in regulated areas such as energy or healthcare and life sciences or you are 
bounded by data protection regulations. Excellent. Thanks very much for taking us through those, Berju. Is, is there anything else you'd like to say in conclusion? Well, um, I would like to conclude with the rationale of highlighting some contract clauses, among others. The rationale of third-party risk management plan is to provide your company with the necessary information about your business partners in order to help you to identify and mitigate your risks. It is necessary to focus on the right points in a timely manner. The most effective and beneficial way of implementing your risk management plan is identifying the right issues and preventing the risk before it realizes. With this understanding, you should be able to reflect your, in your contracts what you have deduced from your due diligence to make sure that it fully serves for your company's best interests. Contractual shortcomings will mean devoting meaningless effort, time and money. This may cause failure to profit from your risk assessment and due diligence program as required. It could also mean the possibility of being exposed to various losses and damages as a result of a low level of contractual protection. Excellent. That's fantastic, Berju. Thank you very much for, for, for taking us through um, all of that. It's great content. We, we've got some articles up on our website, chetinkea.com, that look at compliance and contracts and so on. Uh, we're going to be back with another compliance podcast in the near future. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you have any feedback on this podcast or would like to recommend other topics for us to discuss, you can contact us at info at Also, for more information on what we do and our other insights, please visit our webpage, chettingkea.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.